I, I definitely feel that isolation. Talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. She told me that I should change my career goal. We're only doing science to take care of our community. You need to feel 100% prepared for sharing your knowledge. I've just never been a road that someone has shown me. If no one do it, it's okay if you want to do it. Well, I had a 2.5 GPA. How do I overcome this? First gen come grade, I was the class low. Higher education is for them. It will empower them. They will have a Present fun time. Present myself they will in a way that I feel that people would be able to really acknowledge who I am and like... We need to retain them. Be you, you know, like stop trying to mold yourself to fit. But it's not just about the science, it's about how we vote, you know, how we treat people who are different to us, you know, how we try and get the best out of people. Those things are really important. When I graduate from our program, I will be the first African-American male to ever have matched and graduated as a surgeon at this institution, as a general surgeon which in 2021 just seems ridiculous to me. What's up, y'all? It's your host, JP Flores, and welcome to From Where Does It Stem? So I'm Uraldi Loera. I'm a first-generation college student and American and I graduated from Occidental College as a biology major back in the fall of 2016. And then I followed that with a master's in biology at Cal Poly Pomona in 2019. And now I'm a PhD student at Princeton, but I actually did two years of my PhD at UCLA before my professor decided to move the lab to Princeton. So it's been kind of a crazy journey, but it's been really fun. And I wanna share my experience with as many people as I can because I've learned so much within these past few years that this is something I wish I had knowledge of before entering grad school, good and bad. Um, but I am in the lab of Dr. Shane Campbell Staten. So we study broadly um, signatures of contemporary evolution in many cases. So specifically my project is interested in the genomic and like the evolutionary consequences of exposure, specifically to environmental contaminants. So. I know that all scientists say like, oh, their research is the greatest, but mine really feels like it's the greatest because I have such a deep connection to it. I'm looking at um, the evidence for evolution in American alligators exposed to pesticides. So it's a really fun project. I have collaborators with the University of Georgia and the Savannah River Ecology site that are great. And I'm just seeing how a project goes from start to finish. And I feel like this is really going to be my baby by the end of my PhD. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, I think you posted on Instagram too that um, you have enough data to do grad school and like two or three postdocs. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> I presented. Yeah, I presented at a joint lab meeting and I was like, me and um, this collaborator at the University of Georgia, we just went ham last summer. Honestly, just for like two months straight, we worked so hard on the baby alligators. We raised 350 alligator from alligators from eggs and then we tested on them before releasing them and we did morphology respirometry eggshell characteristics coloration behavior aggression survivability we took blood we took plasma it's just so much um, and i'm super proud of this project because we just did so much in such little time and also covid kind of almost made it not happen so we weren't sure if we can actually collect the alligator eggs until like June. And then from June to August, we planned all of these experiments. And then August, 
to October, we really just did everything. And it was an awesome field experience. It was probably my first real field experience on my own. Um, and it was just so amazing. We have so much data and now I'm just in the process of learning how to analyze that data. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it sounds like a Netflix show almost, kind of like Outer Banks, you know? Like <laughs> you, went to, you did all this field work and now you're at where you're at. Yeah. So, so I can't let us move on without asking for a fun fact because I usually ask every guest for a fun fact about themselves. So sorry to put you on the spot. Forgot to tell you about that, but what is one fun fact? Fun fact, gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I think when people think about me, they think about my love for animals and in particular dogs. I just have a really deep connection with dogs and I can understand them pretty well. So a lot of my professors actually ask me to be their dog sitters, <laughs> which I love. I love it. Um, usually when they go out to the field, I take care of their dogs and it's just really cool. I, I have a really deep connection with animals. I was always pre-vet, but that was before I was introduced to research. And um, yeah, this is just another way of working and helping animals. Okay. Yeah. And you have a dog yourself, right? I what do. Was, what was her name again? His name is Murphy. He's right here. Murphy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's a little cold. We're not used to the East Coast winters. <laughs> he's a little grumpy. I just woke him up. Yeah. 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 That's a good segue to um, my first kind of question. So, mm -hmm. moving from UCLA to Princeton. So, I, I myself, moving, born and raised in LA, moving to North yeah. Carolina. This is so drastic. Like, this change is just drastic. How's it been for you? And how has it been, you know, adjusting? It's been a really big change, but I'm so glad I did it. Um, I was born and raised in LA. Um, I was born and raised by a single mother Mexican immigrant in like a low income part of LA. So very different from the areas around Princeton. And so just growing up in LA, first of all, like my under, before my undergraduate experience, I didn't have a lot of support in the public school systems. And so once I got into college, that's when I really figured out what science was. And so now that I'm around a little bit more, I'm, a lo I'm around more academically prepared individuals, I guess, where um, they were exposed to science at a really young age. And that's something that I want to bring back to places like LA. I want to have those experiences and create those experiences for students like I used to be, um, because there is this really stark difference. And maybe it's just because I'm around Princeton and these are some really cool students. But yeah, it's been a really big change. A lot of my family, I mean, I'm first generation. And so, and I'm the only one from my family that is interested in science. So it's a big, it's a stark difference. And it was hard to help them understand what I'm doing and why I wanna do this instead of going the traditional route that others do, or you essentially just like work, start a family, you know, which there's nothing wrong with that either. These are different paths in lives. Um, but I feel like I kind of have a responsibility to, to pave this other path, this alternative path um, that a lot of people aren't from my area, aren't really exposed to. And so it's a it's, it's a beautiful burden. <laughs> uh, it was really hard leaving my family, but I knew that for me to be a good mentor in the future, and I want to be a good mentor in the future, I'm hoping to be a PI 
hopefully at a small research institution like Occidental. I love Oxy. We can get back to that later. But I knew I had to take these risks and put myself in these uncomfortable positions to learn and grow. So it's been a big difference. It's been hard being away from family, hard being away from LA and the diversity in LA. But um, I've learned so much. The people here are great. You'll find great people everywhere. And that's what I'm learning that, especially if you have a passion like for biology, for whatever you're studying, you're going to find like-minded people everywhere. Yeah, I, that definitely resonates with me. Just, I did the same thing, right? I'm also a first-generation student, moved across the country. And, you know, I was like moving to the South. I don't know about that, but <laughs> Southern hospitality is truly a thing. You know, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So would you mind painting a picture of who you are? Can you just elaborate a little more? Like, how were you raised? What your upbringing were like? And, you know, how has this like, carried you through your time at Occidental and even now at mm-hmm. Princeton? Yeah, I think the way I was raised really set me up to ask these questions earlier of what I want in, um, in the future. So again, I was raised in LA in the county, um, LA County public school system, which was pretty lacking to say the least, especially in science. And so I was not exposed to science early on. And I never really had a mentor, especially in academia that I could look up to. So I felt like I was in the dark trying to find my way for a really long time. But Oxy was fantastic in showing me the way. It was a pretty big culture shock um, (laughs) getting to Oxy, but everyone was just so invested in the students that I felt safe in asking these questions. And then I, from early on, having these awesome mentors, I have the best mentors at, at Oxy, honestly that I realized, okay, this is what I want. So I have to start thinking, what are the questions that I need to figure out so I could be a good mentor in the future, you know? So I think just having those awesome mentors at Oxy really showed me what kind of person I want to be in science in the future. And I'm just working for that. That's like what I work towards. And I'm super excited for that. I'm manifesting it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can, I can totally attest to just everything you said about Occidental, I, I miss it every day. And like, it's not that UNC is worse or like better or anything like that. It, it's just, it's different when you're at Occidental. It, it's such a small school, the people there really care about you. And I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on what constitutes a good mentor. Cause I have some ideas of my own, but like, what was it for you? What really stood out for you? And what, what are definite traits and qualities that you want to bring as a, as a professor in the future? I had the most amazing mentors at Oxy, uh, Dr. Gary Martin. I, it's actually interesting. I took his, what was it? Zoology class. I don't know. Remember that class? It's a really tough class and I loved it so much, but it was my first semester in college right after, I mean, my uh, high school education, which wasn't the greatest, but I had so much interest and passion that he saw that in me, even though I think I, I think he was like the only professor to ever give me a B in biology ever, ever. (laughs) And yeah, so that's kind of not embarrassing, but it's just how it is. And I just wasn't prepared, but he saw that I had so much interest, but I just wasn't there yet. So he picked me out and he said, you know, I could see this in you. You want to come work in my lab? And I said, absolutely. And ever since then, he was just a point of contact that I can always go to and be honest with. 
I mean, we had some great conversations on his couches, his really comfortable couches. And I'm so sad that well, I'm happy for him that he retired, but I just had the most awesome time in his lab learning and asking sometimes the difficult or awkward questions about academia, you know, like what's publishing like, what are conferences like, how do you collaborate with others? And him telling me his perspective really helped me. So I think just being honest with my students in, in the future is what I'm trying to do. And I'm starting my mentorship now. I'm doing small projects here and there with undergrads. And I really, really enjoy it. <laughs> and I'm learning from them. I think having that dialogue, I, I have a really great dialogue with my professor right now, Shane. He asks me all the time, how can I be a better mentor? And he's really open to hearing those responses. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it takes a lot of betting on yourself too, right? Because a lot of mentors believe in me, but then it's it's like, okay, <laughs> you believe in me. How do I believe in myself? Do you, yes. you comment on that? Like, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? And like, Ooh. what do you do? Do you just kind of go through it? Fake it till you make it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> every day, every day you have to fight that imposter syndrome. And I think just having awesome down-to-earth mentors make me feel like it's okay to be myself. I'm, in my opinion, I'm really weird. I'm like a grandma and I joke about it. I like, I like to stay home with my dog and knit and read about science, but it's okay to have to be yourself in science. You don't have to be what you think a scientist should look like. And that's something that I've learned so much and has helped me with my imposter syndrome. I've met some amazing, amazing researchers that are so amazing because they've taken ownership of who they are. And I love that. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> so next question. Uh, was there a stage in your career or life that was the most challenging or just a stage in your career or life that resulted in a lot of personal growth? Yes. So this is story time now. <laughs> um, Oxy was honestly my favorite time, but it was also one of my worst of times. So I was lucky enough to have advisors like Mar like Gary Martin, like Shauna Goffredi, and like John McCormack, who really persuaded me to step outside of my comfort zone. And so I applied to go to Costa Rica and Panama for this travel abroad course, uh, course and it was life-changing. It was my favorite experience probably of all time in my scientific career because it, it was the first time I've really observed just like what it means to be a scientist in the field, in a, in a place with beautiful biodiversity. And it was amazing. Unfortunately, when I came back, um, I wasn't feeling too great. I must've caught something at Costa Rica and Panama. And I was really sick for a really long time. And I actually had to take time off of Oxy. I, I took that semester off, that fall semester following that trip because I was just so sick. And I realized, or I kept thinking, why am I so, um, what's that word? Why am I so delicate? Why am I so sensitive? I should just fight through it. I should just, you know, I'm lucky to be here. Why am I taking time off? Like I, I had so such a hard time taking that time off for myself, for my physical and mental health. Um, because I just felt so ashamed for taking that time for myself. I felt like I was falling behind. I felt like maybe I wouldn't get back to where I was because dropout rates from, um, you know, are really high from people like, like me. And so 
I just had a lot of fears from that. But it just was, all, was it also the pressure of being first generation too, or like, what, yeah. what was the, what was the pressure coming from? Yeah. I think so. Just, I mean, my family didn't know how to deal with it. They thought, oh, she's quitting essentially, and I had to like fight that, saying, no, I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get back. It's just I'm sick, and it was just a really hard time for me to understand what was going on with my health, my physical and mental health. Um, but it was honestly so necessary because before that I was really hard on myself. I didn't give myself the time to rest or to be myself. I just had a lot of expectations and having that time off being forced to take that time off to focus on my mental and physical health really helped me understand that, okay, this is important. Nothing's that serious if you're not taking care of yourself. I learned to know myself and to trust myself. So I knew, okay, I know I have this love for biology, for research. I need to believe in myself. Um, so I actually ended up taking that whole year off for other reasons. My mom got sick the following semester. And so I spent that time taking care of her. And it was really, really important for me to to get back. And I was just fighting to get back. And I had my awesome mentors like Gary and John and, 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 um, Shauna just helping me get back to where I was and not only get back to where I was, but to being open to who I was becoming, which was so, so great. I mean, I just kept thinking I'll never be who I was. I'm always going to be behind, but they just kept telling me, no, this is giving you a different perspective. You're learning from this. And I ended up coming back and better than ever, which was not to say like, I'm not bragging or anything, but I felt like I was better equipped to folk, to deal with stress from then on out. And that was really integral for, for my, the rest of my education, honestly. Yeah. And, and I feel like those are qualities that a good mentor is going to have, right? Like empathy, compassion. And I can totally see that in you. Just a little little anecdote. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. so funny. I, I don't know why I just remembered it now. But um, so we we as in the students for equity and advocacy in STEM, mm-hmm. it was uh, me and other seniors at Occidental at the time. Mm-hmm. We created the Representation Matters Speaker Series, mm-hmm. and Yoraldi was actually the first speaker. She was the inaugural speaker for that. And after that, we all like got on a call, and <laughs> we were basically just like, "Wow, like that was amazing! Like Yoraldi is everything we aspire to be." And it was just oh, so cute. Wow. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Like, I think what we're doing here is really meaningful. And I'm, I'm really happy that you were the first one because, yeah. you know, it, we can hear it in your voice. Like you were so passionate, like just filled with empathy and you were crazy smart. <laughs> oh my God. Like it was, it was just such, such a fun little thing. And I don't know, I, I we're just forever grateful for that, honestly, because we were trying to do something and you were a part of it, you know, so and I'm so grateful to have been a part of that. I was really so honored for that. And I've been actually keeping in contact with people who have mes- messaged me since then. And I love that having those dialogues. I just, I do want to help people in the future, people um, who need that help. And I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest. Um, I'm very imperfect <laughs> and it's okay. I'm learning that it's okay to we be all are, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's totally okay to be imperfect. We're we're studying, we're growing to be better. Um, and so it's okay to be who you are right now. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any tips and tricks? So I'm starting uh, 
just started grad school, right? Do you have any tips and tricks for the days where you do feel burnt out, right? Like where you feel like you are un- unmotivated to go into lab. Like I know we both got sick very recently. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, I just did not want to do anything for like three days after that, right? Like, what do you do to get back into the game and just tell yourself, oh, like, it's fine. Back to science. I love doing this. Yeah. And I think me having that little bump in my educational experience helped me realize that it's okay to take that time off and it's okay to, you know, reset yourself if you're feeling burnt out. And it's an honest feeling. I mean, every, everyone goes through it, but I think being around your cohort, being around students who understand what, what's going on and what you're experiencing is really important. Um, luckily, something really cool is that here at Princeton, we have what's called a bullpen of all the first year grad students. So honestly, when I'm feeling unmotivated, I kind of just go and read there and I'll hear other people either struggling or having these really great successes. And it makes me like, okay, it makes me recharged and feel okay for feeling what I feel. Wait, that's so cool. I wish that was a thing yeah. over here at UNC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how has it been dealing with all the different people that are in your cohort or just like meeting them? Because for me, I feel like I'm one of the youngest ones in the cohort. So I don't know. How, how are your feelings there? Like, are you excited to be in this program? Like, what's what's the deal? Oh, yeah. oh yes. I'm, I feel so grateful for both this program and at UCLA. They are different for different reasons. And I've loved both so much. Like, I, I still do miss UCLA mostly every day just for the people, the department was amazing. The people were so diverse in what they were studying and the backgrounds that they came from, that that was really just eye-opening to a lot of other research that's going on. But also on the other hand, the students in my cohort here at Princeton were all pretty focused on ecology and evolutionary biology. And so it's really cool to have colleagues that are essentially interested in what you're interested in. And we have journal clubs and we have book clubs and we're, we're all kind of the same, but slightly different. And we're really learning off of each other. I feel like I'm learning so much. My cohort here is a little different than at UCLA, but again, at both, I've learned so much. And um, I feel like I'm actually the oldest, one of the oldest ones in this cohort because I don't know why, (laughs) but I just think that I just like having a diverse background of students around me, whether they're coming straight from undergrad, whether they're, they took time off to work in the industry. I'm just learning so much from their experiences. Yeah. There's just so much beauty in in diversity. I think that's the best way to learn, right? Like collaboration, collaborative learning. People talk about, you know, interdisciplinary fields. It's like, why aren't, <laughs> like, why don't people value more, uh, more of a diverse population? Like, there's just so many ways you can look at, a, at an issue, you know, mm-hmm. that people just don't think of. Um, so with your journey in mind, how do you think we can diversify STEM and implement full inclusion in initiatives that better support and empower students like us from historically underrepresented backgrounds? Like, where is that gap, right? So I know you love outreach. You love being a mentor. What else is there to... I, yes, I would not be here without the amazing programs that got me here. Um, so at Oxy, there were these programs called Intern LA, where, uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, students from historically underrepresented backgrounds were given the chance to intern. 
um, at various places around LA. I was interning at the LA Zoo and I met awesome people there. I was also part of MSI at Oxy, the Multicultural Student Institute, which is an amazing program that really helped bridge that gap between high school and my time at Oxy. I that time really helped me understood understand what the professors were asking of us as students and how to have that dialogue with professors. That was so integral for my learning throughout Oxy, learning that I can actually go to the professors and they actually want to help me and they actually want to get to know you too. That that was just an amazing program. And it followed me throughout my master's too. I was in an NIH funded program called RISE, which um, was just amazing. It essentially helped us prepare for grad school and beyond. So I learned a lot about the PhD application process, how to find good mentors, how to present your research through that program. Um, I had amazing faculty and mentors from that program too that Honestly, just having those connections, those deep connections and those, those experiences with specific mentors, with mentors that actually like want to help you helps so much because I always, if I have questions, I just email them or I can just, you know, just contact them about it. And having those points of references really, really helped me out. Um, even at UCLA, I also had a program at UCLA called Competitive Edge that helped me it, start, it helped me start my PhD early and essentially just gets you as, like assimilated into the environment, helps you understand what's required of you, what, how everything is, because it takes time. It really takes time. And I think I just want to have help foster those environments where I can just expose individuals to science, to academia, to whatever that is. And I'm super proud to be a part of this one group called uh, CCFBA at UCLA, the Community College Biology Field Alliance Program. <laughs> Sorry, it's a mouthful. But essentially, I'm working really closely with a student from Santa Monica Community College. She's amazing. And, and I'm essentially introducing her to field research and how to create a project from start to beginning. I mean, from beginning to end, I'm sorry. And it's been such a rewarding experience getting to know her getting to know what she wants out of a mentor, how to help her and where she's having those gaps from her learning um, has been so amazing. I mean, I'm so inspired by her and by these programs. So I hope to continue fostering these types of opportunities for students. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, out of curiosity, we're, we're gonna start a study. Okay, this is a case study. Let's okay. say you're hired to be the director of like the NIH or something. Yeah, so this is very like you have all the power in the world, you have all the money in the world. Yeah. Where is all your focus going to, right? Like we talk mm -hmm. about the LAUSD and how mm -hmm. I don't want to say terrible the school system, but it, it's it's not doing it doesn't do so well, right? Mm -hmm. Would you invest in that? Would you invest like where would you make yes. change? I I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Yesterday, we actually had a seminar by Naima Harris, who's an awesome, yes, she's an awesome yeah, that's, field That's amazing, yeah. She's amazing. And she brought up this question too, like where do we invest in giving students these experiences? And I, I, I honestly believe that the best place would be like late high school, um, like middle to late high school, because that's where I was just feeling so lost 
so discouraged from entering academia. Honestly, I had really bad experiences where my, my, my counselor actually told me, is Oxy desperate enough to have you? And I'll never forget that. I'll never, ever forget that. That's so gross. Luckily, they were. <laughs> I want to go back and say, yes, they were. <laughs> but that's just such an integral time for students to have experiences and to gain that confidence in themselves. Um, Naima Harris said she also had experience, an experience that really changed her life in high school. Um, and I think that that's the time to do it. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's just weird because we all have these conversations, right? And it, it just seemingly doesn't get dealt with or no one wants to help fix the problem. Yeah. And that's why I created this podcast. That's why I do the things you, that's why I do the things I do. And that's why you do the things that you yes. do, right? <laughs> it's like, we want to be part of that change, but I just ask everyone that because mm-hmm. we're all looking for answers, right? Yeah. <laughs> like how do we, imp- how do we implement them? <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely think you still need to implement them at levels above high school. I think we just need to start having those conversations of exposing students at a young age to the possibilities, you know? Um, and I want to just say right now that I'm open to anyone at any age contacting me. Anyone, if you have any questions or just want to talk, please honestly contact me because that's that's just what I want. I want to have those conversations. I want to learn from everyone else as well. If you have tips or tricks for me, please, please contact me. <laughs> she's not she's not kidding she literally helped one of my kidding. friends yeah she literally helped one of my friends with comps i think yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. she was amazing <laughs> yeah she's doing really well right now i think she's um yes, she's working okay. at a public health place or something like that mm-hmm, i need to I catch up that. with her but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay is there anything else you'd like to share before i go into some fun questions hmm, let me think Something I wish I was told early on was to get on scientific Twitter. <laughs> you know, this is something that no I one really agree. Talks. Completely agree. <laughs> this is something that no one really talks about, but this is a place where you kind of break down those barriers between people and you get to know people and you get to know people's personalities and how it's okay to have different personalities in science. And I, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. Most of the people I've been able to interview were through Twitter because I saw like how they are as a person or like, I guess how they are behind the screen, if you will. But yeah, there's some cool people on Twitter and they give such great advice. Just so many people giving their their tips and tricks on how to navigate their way through science. And it's, yeah, I highly recommend science. It's also (laughs) a great place to do science because like people are posting their preprints, people are posting Mm -hmm. their papers. That's how I find all mine. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. Just not being afraid to ask for help, not being afraid to contact people. And that's something that I, yeah, again, I really learned at Oxy, having those awesome mentors. I realized people want to be nice. People want to help you. And so just when in doubt, just do it. Just ask. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) question here for me. Actually, for everyone, the way I do it. So, you know, going to Oxy, um, it was a, it was a steep curve, you know, like I was really struggling. And 
someone was like, how do you ask for help? Like in my head too, I was like, I don't know. How do I ask for help? And I realized it's like, I would email someone, hi, exclamation point. I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's just so funny when you're just honest and, and I don't know, people's grace and just empathy is just so nice. I don't know, yes. how, do you, how do you ask people for help? I'm honest too. I take the honest route. And I, again, I had that steep learning curve as well. And I didn't know how to ask for help. But luckily I had awesome professors that saw that in me and, and were able to teach me that like Gary Martin. Um, honesty, I think goes a long way. Um, yeah. So honesty and go to Oxy. Oh, this is like a pitch for Oxy. I, I just love it so much. This is so funny. <laughs> okay, cool. I guess this is a good segue to my first fun question. What was your favorite spot at Occidental and favorite Occidental food? Ooh, oh, the food. This was before I became vegan, but I loved the Thanksgiving meal right? Oh, I would bring my family to come. Literally the best. <laughs> oh, it was the best. Like everything was organic and sourced locally. It was amazing. My favorite spot was in the library. Um, me and my friends from the MSI, multi Multicultural Student Institute, we were just really close. And we had this like one back table on the second floor that we would just all hang out at. And it reminds me of like the bullpen here, just having that place where you can go and talk to someone really helps. And it helps for me because I'm really introverted. <laughs> and so it kind of forces me to realize there's people there for you. Yeah, I'm still jealous of that bullpen because like me and my friends <laughs> always find places, we always try to find places to study and we just can't. Yeah. So UNC needs to step it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say your massive data sets processed, analyzed, you submit it and Front, front cover of nature, right? Front, it's, on, it's on the cover of nature. What song are you playing celebrate? 100% Beyonce, anything Beyonce. That was so fast. <laughs> oh, yes. Every, if you know me, you know I love dogs and I love Beyonce. <laughs> um, what song it would be? Gosh, that's a hard one. All of them. <laughs> all of them on all of them on repeat. Um, yeah. Also, sorry if you hear my voice quivering. It's so cold outside. It's, yeah, right I, I <laughs> yeah. Beyonce for sure. Um, every it's really cool because I I had this idea to play Beyonce's new track, which was the um, the Lion King track last year throughout my field season. And now I literally played it on repeat, like every day, me and Samantha, who is the other PhD I work with, we listened to it every single day for like two months. We were sick of it, but we loved it. And now every time I hear it, it just brings back those feelings and those memories of field work. I love it. I highly recommend having like a field work playlist. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. If I was doing work, mine would probably be like a Hamilton song from Hamilton Ooh. or something. <laughs> Nonstop. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one, unless you have more you want to talk about after. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, sorry. I think of these off the dome. Uh, <laughs> what do you miss most about LA? What would be the first one? And then one after that would be, what do you love most about where you are now? That's a good question. What I miss most about LA is my family, for sure. Um, I have a really big family, really close family, and it's hard being away from family. Uh, 
there's actually this book that Princeton. So every year Princeton kind of suggests a book to read and it's called moving up without losing your way. And so it's about like, yeah, moving up in academia and having those, those difficulties and trying to, you know, be yourself and be who you are at home, but also be who you are in the lab in academia. And so well, it's what's hard. It called? Having, by? That's, that's, it's a great book. Um, yeah, I kind of, I'm about to buy some books. This, this might be on the list. Yeah, it's called Moving Up Without Losing Your Way. I read it and I was like, I could write this. <laughs> by yeah. it, oh, sorry. It is by Jennifer Morton. Okay, thank you. Sorry. You can, <laughs> sorry for interrupting you. I just, I just yeah, had to yeah, it's a really great book about leaving your community, how hard it is leaving your community as a first generation college student, you know, um, and also how your community is actually missing out on having you there and how you should be coming back and, you know, reinforcing those, those relationships and, and helping those relationships. So I definitely miss my family, miss the diversity of LA, but at Princeton, I'm learning what fall is. I've never seen fall before. I didn't know what leaf peeping was. I see red leaves on this tree in front of me. Like, come on. Yes. I'm like, what? <laughs> leaf peeping is a real thing where you kind of just like go around and look at leaves. It's so cool to see fall, to actually have to wear sweaters and beanies, not just like as a fashion statement. <laughs> um, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. And this is a really small, like tight knit neighborhood. Like there's not much to do, but also everyone's really nice and kind of want to stop and talk to you. So I've met a lot of, a lot of cool, a lot of cool people, a lot of cool people with dogs, <laughs> of course. Friends from Murphy. <laughs> yes. Yes. He has a lot of friends. <laughs> so cool. Okay. Well, I mean, that's all the questions I have for you. Any last minute thoughts? Or... Oh, I usually ask throughout because I feel like people just always have. <laughs> they just keep coming for some reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Mm. So, what do you look up to, or like, what types of characteristics do you look up to um, throughout your grad school experience and within mentors? For sure, the empathy is a big thing, but the, also their ability to understand different perspectives, right? Like my PhD right now is in bioinformatics and computational biology. Mm -hmm. Quite frankly, like I don't have computational experience, yeah. right? Like I was, I was a cell and molecular background uh, biology major at, at Occidental. Yeah. So just, I'm looking for a mentor that is willing to take me through it because they see that potential in me, right? Like I want them to understand that, you know, things are harder for me to pick up because I am first generation. I don't have this background, but mm -hmm. I will put in 110% of my effort to learn, right? So I think that's what I look for in a mentor. Um, also representation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And that, that's something out of my control, but like putting myself on the other side of the, if you're the director of the NIH question, that would be it too, right? Trying to diversify our faculty as well, you know? So that's kind of what I look for. Um, yeah, wow. that, that's my question. I'm trying to see what else I can think of though. Mm -hmm. I know you, I know you want to hear everything about, <laughs> about this. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just want to be a good mentor. Yeah. A mentor that's present, 
Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. a big one, right? Because at Occidental, you had the best of both worlds, or you had the best world, honestly, where <laughs> your PI did work with you one on one. Whereas here at UNC, it's not necessarily the PI working with you. You have, you know, grad students there to help you and things like that. And I wish mentors, or at least I'm looking for a PI right now that is willing to at least dedicate some time um, with me. Because it matters, you know, like this is someone you're working for. This is someone you're going to be with for the next five, six years. Mm-hmm. If you're going to mentor me, I want to be able to, I want you to trust me. I want to be able to trust you, you know? So yeah. that's another big thing, being present. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely agree that it's really important for mentors to accept who you are as you are right now. Um, there's so much that I don't know. And I feel like I'm definitely behind in terms of bioinformatics and coding, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm here to learn. And I think that yeah. really good mentors see that and they, they accept that. And it, they also know that it takes time. Yeah. And that is why you're going to be a good mentor. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Another thing is, um, okay. So we're talking at a very individual level, right? Like for me, what, what am I looking for? I want someone that also doesn't hit us against each other. Right. Like I want, a oh, family yeah. feel, right? Like I, I want to be able to talk about my life freely in lab. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's not like a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to do that. But for me, I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't know where the barrier is for mm-hmm. like professional and friendship, but I don't know. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Because I truly like being in an environment where I can just be myself and talk about my family or a significant other. So what are your thoughts on that? I do see that there is a spectrum depending on the lab that you're in. That's why I loved, I loved Gary's lab. He would have like dinners at his house all the time. I would bring my significant other, you know, he had his family. He'd encourage everybody to talk about their family and it was very personal, but I've also been in labs that were a little less personal. And I think there's a lot of, I don't think I, I think it just depends on the person. Honestly, I think you really need to take what you want into consideration when finding a mentor. And I think it's important for mentors and especially grad students of those mentors to be honest about what what that culture is like. Um, It's not necessarily a good or bad culture to be open or not to be open, but just to be honest about what it's like. And I really appreciate um, that honesty. And I feel like I want to be as honest as possible to whoever asks me about what culture I'm in. Yeah. Do you think it's like a, by like a case by case basis too, as a mentee? Cause I don't know, maybe you can be more open to a mentee because they want that. Or like maybe a mentee would rather have that, you know, professional kind of. Barrier. Yeah. I don't yeah. Right? I definitely think so. Yeah. I think that's what I love about mentorship that they're all individual experiences, you know, yeah, it's a little more holistic than just like, Oh, I'm this kind of mentor. You know, yeah. like you have mentees that are, they have different needs. You have postdocs with different needs. Like you should mm-hmm. be able to be malleable and work with all of them. Yeah. And I think it's important to be open to having those differences in yeah. relationships. Um, something that I've actually been bringing to both my master's and my PhD institution is having like a location where we can all talk either professionally or just um, informally. And we use Basecamp, which is kind of like Slack, but we can also send documents for like reading clubs or for journal clubs. 
And that's something that I like that I can easily talk to someone in my lab, like formally or informally. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Any more questions for me? <laughs> um, let's see. I can't wait till you're a professor at Occidental. I'm so freaking right. excited. I mean, I'll <laughs> knock on wood, but like, I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> I, that's my dream, honestly. I told Gary, I was like, are you sure you don't want to retire in a couple more years? Give me like, I was like, give me like 10 years. Like, no. exactly. I, I don't think I'll ever feel ready, but that's just my goal. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ready. Like, I talk right. about imposter syndrome all the time, right? Yeah. And it, it seems like it never goes away. Like people mm -hmm. have their ways to, to deal with it, but it just seemingly, it, it just seems like it doesn't go away, no matter who you are. I see. Yeah. I just feel, I just feel so lucky to be in an environment where everyone's just so friendly and accepting of different personalities. I, I felt that at Oxy, at Cal Poly Pomona, at UCLA, and at here. Um, I feel like I've actually had experience almost at every educational level. I even went to community college throughout that time off to try to like do some courses. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to finish them, but I had that experience. And I feel like at every level, you'll find, yeah, again, you'll find people who really do care and care about who you are as a person, not only as a scientist. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I, I just feel so fortunate for all the experiences I've had. And, and I'm so happy to have been positive, you know, but <laughs> where yeah. do, when does the luck run out? <laughs> when does the luck run out? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, it's not perfect, but I just feel hopeful that things can get just go, get better and better, you know, yeah. by yeah. diversifying the faculty, diversifying the student body. I think that we're on a good trajectory here yeah the, you're also here too so <laughs> true leader true leader <laughs> any other questions for me not really just more of um i'm excited for the future for for you yeah, for and like you. yeah this it's so funny it's so funny like i just you know we thought like me and my friends thought of this idea uh, mm -hmm. We met you, and now here you are. Like we're inter I'm interviewing you for my podcast. You know, that, that's it's so wild, and we share similar views. Yeah. You know, so I yeah, feel I'm so excited. lucky. <laughs> I really do. I, I think you're going to do great things. I think. Right back at you. These are kind of scary things to do, you know. Like even me oh, yeah. starting, I started up a website um, to keep people informed of my research and what's going on and it's kind of scary to put yourself out there and you know <laughs> and exactly. being open to everyone seeing your little mistakes and being self-conscious about them but I think you're just so awesome for doing it and you're <laughs> you. yeah you're paving the way for so many other students to feel comfortable to do it as well so are you <laughs> <laughs> thank you I appreciate that yeah so um I just just know that you have like an entire college behind your back. You know that, right? Like all the bio professors, oh. all got you, all of the students, <laughs> yeah. like, we're all behind you. So I, I might send this actually to everyone once it's published. Oh.